Hey friends, welcome back to Real Life Marriage, where I'm your host, Candace Mummert. And on a great day, my husband, Aaron, joins me as the co-host. Whether I'm sharing tidbits and encouragement or interviewing people brave enough to share what goes on behind closed doors in their marriage, it's all for the goal of strengthening marriages. We're glad you joined us as we unpack the good, the bad, and everything in between when it comes to real life marriage. again here with Real Life Marriage, and Aaron and I are excited to be interviewing friends. Jeremy and Tara Klingenberg have joined us this evening, and we're actually live together, which is extra fun uh, to be in person. You may have heard from both of them. They were a part of the roundtable episodes for our spiritual leadership series, and we decided to bring them back as a couple so that they could speak to their love story and some of the things that maybe even they shared on those earlier podcasts, but can talk together about them. Yeah, I thought we'd check their answers. <laughs> uh, but we will kick things off the way we always do with couples, and that is for you to introduce one another. Ooh. We think this is a fun way to get to know you, okay. is for you to introduce one another. So whoever wants to go first, take off. I will introduce my wife. Okay. First off, thank you so much for the honor to asking us to come back. I guess that means either we did really well the first time, or there's a lot to work on the second time. Second is probably true. Maybe. Anyways, my wife's name, I almost said my name is Tara. My wife's name is Tara Jane. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a beautiful Australian woman. That Birthday has... is... Okay. She is a beautiful Australian woman who was born in July. And ever since we were married, you confused me on what day it was, and I still second guess myself. <laughs> so let me check my Apple calendar, and I'll answer. Um, Tara was born, I don't know if we go into born, birth? She was born in a south coast town, three hours south of Sydney. She's a beach girl, a koala lover, and everything Australian. Yeah. Not sure good. about the koala lover, but let's see how we go. So uh, let me introduce my husband, Jeremy Klingenberg, Jeremy Robert Klingenberg. Actually, one and a half years younger than I am. Ooh. Fun fact. Yeah. Uh, so when I first met Jeremy, it was in Australia, and he was wearing cowboy boots, which that is okay. part of our story we'll get into shortly. So um, for an Australian, that really stood out to me. So that was my first memory of Jeremy. Which you wouldn't think it would stand out, especially from where you're from, with all the cows that you can see on the way to your house True. and all the country bogans that you grew up with you would think you would see more boots yeah but somehow it still shocked you yeah oh. wow so yeah all right so what do you guys do during the day what does your immediate family look like these days well my day trade is we uh <laughs> we are both uh in ministry uh, we both work at a great church called high ridge church um i help oversee um, the weekend service with all things creative, worship, tech arts, production, um, and everything in between. And then after the day for me is usually coming home, hugging and kissing all of my daughters and my wife, and um, finding a DIY project, and drinking coffee. Drinking coffee, not at night. I we are coffee lovers, though. In the morning, I would yes. say that we maybe even coffee snobs. Yeah. Probably. Which, I don't know if that's good or bad, but right. yes. It's a good so, thing for guests coming to your house, because yes. we enjoy coming to your house, Absolutely. enjoying the coffee. Yes. So there's always going to be good coffee in our household. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Australia's got a very good coffee scene. 
and then I actually just started in groups. So uh, within our church, we have small groups to help people get into community. So uh, that's majority of my day job right now. And then that's part-time. And then part-time I'm home with the girls. We have two girls, Ray, she's two and a half, and then Chloe, who is six months, the size of an 18-month child. So. <laughs> She's precious. We love the roles. We <laughs> so many roles. So I do vividly remember, uh, Jeremy, you're one of five kiddos that, that are true. all around and about at one time or another at High Ridge. And I remember when Aaron and I joined, you were in Australia already. So you were the brother that we had never met that we only heard about for a couple of years so hopefully all good things of course (laughs) of course uh but so i vividly remember when you guys got married and came back and we were going to get to meet you for the first time and i kind of feel like it was only last year but really you've already been back for Four, five, five years? Five years. Six. six, yeah. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Time that flies. is crazy. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. Okay, so you were both students at Hillsong when you met, yep. correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that and cowboy boots. Yes. So Jeremy was six months ahead of me in school. We did Hillsong College, Hillsong Leadership College. Basically an upperclassman, you know, kind of cool. But... <laughs> six by one semester. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one semester. Still upper class. Uh, so... Yes, it was a leadership school. Jeremy was in the music stream and I was in the pastoral stream. So we shared some classes, theological classes, but then we also broke off for when he did all of the practicum for worship, whereas I did the practicum for pastoral. Anyway, so when we first met, we were both serving at an extension service, at the Bondi Extension Service, which is like a small campus that was out of a theater. And we got to know each other. And we had a great time as friends. I would always looked forward to coming and chatting with him on Sundays at church because he's always, as you know, holds a great conversations, always making jokes. So I had fun. He was lighthearted, had a great time together. Nothing about looks at this point. No. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but when he started asking me out, it was actually for coffee. So going out for coffee is a big thing, as we mentioned in Australia. So he'd say, Hey, you want to go grab coffee? I knew that that was more than let's go get coffee. So I was like, Oh, Instantly, I was like, oh, no, please don't ruin this great friendship that we had. Mainly, my main reason for no was he was from Texas. I was from Australia. Most international students would go home uh, after they finished college. And I had no intention of moving outside of Australia. Little fun fact. As proud of Texans are of Texas, Australians are that proud of Australia. Okay. So she's a very true blue Aussie is what they would say. Wow. Um, her parents are very true blue Aussies. Uh, there's a lot of patriotism to the country of Australia. My wife definitely had it, and that was very confronting for me. Because at this point in the story, I was coming over to do Bible college, but I was for sure getting back to God's country. And I was like, <laughs> well, we can't, we can't date because I know how much she loves Australia. Yes. So when he first started asking me out, that was my instant red flag. Like, why even get into this? Because he's going to leave in a year and a half. And so great to know you, but kind of peace out. And so, but then three he, times. Yes. Got, he got, got turned down. <laughs> he asked me out a few times and then he three. was very strategic in organizing a holiday, a little uh, vacation getaway on our week break. He asked all of his guy friends and then all of my girlfriends, which they didn't hang out normally. Uh, to go on a trip together. <laughs> Did you have any hesitation about dating an Aussie? Well, it wasn't until... Actually, I lied. I did my whole first year. Because I did January, and then you started in July, and I mm. went home at that Christmas. So yeah, I came back for my second year okay. with a pair of boots. No, I didn't have hesitations. Well, I did, even further. 
I did my first year. I met her in my second uh, semester, in my last six months before my first Christmas break to go back. And uh, for me, going to Bible college was really kind of the first time in my life that I legitimately laid down my life. So I grew up with my father being a pastor, and I understood what it meant to say everything right and do everything right, but not be right in your heart. And I understood both sides of the fence. And um, I knew God had something for my life, and I had told God what I wanted for my life. And so, actually, this is a big side rail. But going that first year at college, God did a lot of open-heart surgery on me, and I only wanted to go for a year. And so when I was back at Christmas, I almost didn't want to come back, but I had a God, you know, providential way of finances being paid for for me to go for my second year. I was like, okay, well, it's pretty cool. I'll go back. But it was at that Christmas break that I actually, in my backyard, it's really funny, I was shooting a compound bow at like doing target practice, which is randomly at my parents' house. I was out there shooting these and kind of just praying with the Lord. And I was like, all right, God, I'm going to for real do second year for you. First year was kind of fun. You know, traveled the world, mm-hmm. got some excitement out of the way, yeah. did all the fun stuff. But I'm really going to, you know, give this to you. And um, I feel like, and I know this is to be true, but I'll actually give you my life and whatever you have, I'll follow. And I said, even if that means I'll get married, because I didn't want to get married till I was 30. And at this point, I was 23. Oh. I wanted to travel and, you know, do my own, you know, life and fun. I, w- I actually didn't want to get married for a long time. I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to throw everything out there and God can have it. I was like, even if you want me to get married, I'll get married. If you want to do ministry, Okay, I would do it if you wanted me to, but I really don't want to. Um, I'll do this, and I'll give you that, and I'll do this. And right about the time where I told God that um, I shot another round of arrows, and as I'm walking to go get them, I was like, man, did I actually mean that? Well, who could it even be? And there's a photo of Tara that popped into my head, clear as day, just from her Instagram, because, of course, I Instagram stalked her. She's gorgeous. And uh, I was like, whoa, Tara, I barely know her. She's this really Australian girl at college. What does that mean? So when she comes back for her second semester, my third semester, I was very interested because I was like, wow. this might be a God thing, and this is probably the most God thing that I ever had in my life. So that's why I was intentional. Yes. So good luck if you follow that story to anybody yeah. listening. <laughs> that's why I pursued her while being turned down three times. That's why I orchestrated all of her friends and my friends for this big weekend trip because I was like, God's doing something. I've just got to help her see it. <laughs> Yes, so he organized the trip, and it was like a camping trip, but it actually rained out that week, so, well, it was planned to rain out that week, so he called me, he's like, oh, we can't go, we can't do it, and I said, well, my parents have a beach house, we could always go down there, so all 12 of us went down for this trip and stayed with my family, and it was then that I kind of fell in love with him, because I watched him play guitar with my mom and oh, get yeah. all in with the family. Oh, yeah. I and... played guitar with her mom. I knew, I knew what I was doing. Oh, <laughs> I knew it. You talked with my dad and they couldn't understand each other because my dad was saying so many slang words that I could tell they had yeah, <laughs> no idea a, what each other was saying. That was a tough first conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Australian slang at that point because yeah. all the Sydney kids, like Tara and all her friends, all spoke a different type of Australian, a little bit more polished and made more sense. But out of Sydney... Just like you'd go to West Texas, there's slang words that you have no idea what they mean. And he was using them. I was like, this is not in my vocabulary. <laughs> You're like, I hope I answer this correctly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, so once you spent some time with him and your wall came down a little bit, it was pretty quick that you knew, yeah. okay, this is this is worth some investment. This is probably going somewhere. Yes. Uh, I, to be honest, I just feel like the Lord was guiding my heart for that first year of college, which mm. was my prayer anyway. I wanted to just go and 
dedicate myself to that year and not be distracted. So pretty much right around the time when my year was up, it was just, we went on that trip and it was like overnight. The Lord just opened my eyes and I didn't never told him this, but instantly in that moment, I was like, I'm going to marry this guy. And from that point, from when we dated to, it was like nine months when we got married. So Married. Yeah. So you got engaged really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And planned a wedding really so quickly. after that, well, that night that you fell for me, we had a four-hour conversation. So that was a big part. Like, we talked about, which anybody that's single that's listening to this, yeah. have those conversations with that person because, like, if the person's attracted, that's great and that's awesome, but you're ultimately going to have more conversations and you will sexual encounters with this person and toward the ends of our lives, we're not that active. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, like, you're going to want someone whose main passion and the reason they feel like they're on this earth lines up with yours. Yeah, because that's going to take you past not just trials and tribulations, like living on the other side of the world and not seeing half of your family due to COVID. Like, mm-hmm. Australia is still closed at this point. Um, it's going to take you through all those hard times. But it wasn't until we got through all the insecurities or God holding your wallet that, com- that four-hour conversation, like, it went, like, it lasted forever and eternity. Mm-hmm. I ran out of dishes to dry and I was like, I've got to find ways for this conversation to last longer because this is really great. We're actually getting past all of the, oh, you're in college, I'm American, you're Australian. It was just person to person. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I le- I've never heard somebody say that before. That's so good. You're going to have more conversations than you are sexual encounters. Oh, yeah. I don't claim that as mine. I heard that somewhere. It's good though. It's very true. I mean, we talk about how communication is one, if not the most important thing in marriage. And we talk about how important sex is in marriage. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's so good. I'm probably going to quote that. And I'll say, I don't know who it, it came from. I don't from. remember where I got it. <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah, you've got to be able to communicate. Yeah. yeah. You've got to be able to talk about stuff and dig deep. Which I definitely was not good at at the beginning. Communication was not my strength, Jeremy. Yeah, we might me. talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but on the topic of sex, it was actually that day that we were all swimming at the beach and we were playing like, you know, rugby on the beach. I was like, yeah. I don't know where he's going to this. Yeah. I know. I had, my, I had my shirt off all day and then she turns out to fall in love with me that night. I was like, okay, there's, obviously I can't be shirtless at college, you know, but anyways, I think it's cool. Oh my goodness. Okay. So you got married relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. How soon were you having the conversation of where are we going to live? So we never really talked about it. We had small conversations and I think in the back of our mind, we knew that the day was approaching where we we're going to have to have this intense conversation about what was next after college. So Jeremy graduated, he was working full time and studying at church and I still had six months left of college. So as the months were winding down, uh, my dream was to work on staff at Hillsong Throughout the college experience, the Lord really worked in my heart and I no longer wanted to go back to real estate. I wanted to work in ministry and the church that I was a part of and loved was Hillsong. And so when some pastors were approaching me about different positions, what would have been my dream, um, naturally they were my dream, uh, when they were talking to me, none of it felt right. I just Mm. felt like, I was like, I want to do this. Everything in me wants to do this, but I don't have peace about it, which was such a strange thing. Mm. So strange. So the back of it... I, was, I, I knew I was just fighting it. I felt like the Lord was calling us to Texas, but I didn't want to leave Australia. So anyway, we needed to take some time. So we decided to take two weeks to pray and fast separately and then come back together and mm. say, you know, what has the Lord told yeah. you? Um, so we did that. We went out for like Japanese or something that night. Yeah. Um, and Jeremy's like, all right, you go first. 
Were you so nervous? So or nervous. did you feel a total peace? Yeah, because before that, we knew God was doing something. So when she came home and said, hey, you know, this person wants to meet with me, I know what it's about. I don't feel right saying yes to meeting them, which was super weird for me because when we got married, I really, like, that day I just set off all my dreams of ever moving back to Texas. I was like, well, I'm Australian from here on out. And, you know, we paid for the very expensive, you know, marriage visa and permanent, I, yeah, permanent residency. And I got a great job out of, out of college and was serving also at Hillsong, a church that I love too. And everything was great. We lived close to the beach. And so I was like, great, this is home now. And I really genuinely got to that spot. This is home now. So when she said that, I was, it wasn't, there was no happiness in me. It was mm. like, I don't want to go back. I literally crossed that bro, you know, that bridge months ago. I'm here. You heard God wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> it started creating tension in our marriage because we're really new. But now that weight that was kind of always avoided, but then it was never a weight anymore because it was ne- it didn't register on my mind. I totally, I gave that weight. It was gone. Yeah. Never thought about it. And when she said that, I was like, oh, this is a big deal for me. <laughs> yeah. So then we got together at, at the Faux restaurant and Jeremy said, all right, you go first. And I was like, I think I might've been crying or... You teared up. You teared all, up. you cried after you said it. Yeah, I said I think we need to move to Texas. Mm. And he said the same thing. Whoa, that's crazy. To think yeah, because I got a word in that you know that month or two months of us fasting and really seeking the Lord. We just just stopped talking about it because it sure. anytime it came in conversation, it was so stressful. Ruined date nights. Yes. Ruined the day. And we're like, oh man, I don't want. It was so stressful thinking about us not being in Australia. That's like when people say, oh, I'd love to marry someone internationally. I was like, no, you don't. don't. Do I was like, it's so complicated. It's like one of you is forever going to have to say goodbye to your family. Like, yeah. just... I mean, do it if you're really wealthy because then you can just travel yeah. as much as you want. <laughs> yeah, they're a billionaire. Marry him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to pull out some techniques and tricks I just heard there. So newlywed couple, very, very mature and spiritually. You had a tough decision faced with both of you. And, and you chose to say, hey, let's go independently before the Lord. I heard fasting in yep. there, yep. purposefully seeking his will and his guidance, and then coming back together. Not a man strong-arming his wife to choose. Not mm-hmm. a strong woman saying, this is what I'm going to do. I'm staying with my family or pulling that card. But really mm-hmm. submitting unto the Lord. That, I mean, that's... Yeah. That's yeah. a good tool for any any big decisions that you're you're wanting to make. Because at that point, you had both individually sought the Lord, and so you were coming together to say, "This is what I believe the Lord has told me." Not, "This is how I feel," or "This right. is what I want," or "This mm-hmm. is my dream." But this is what I feel like the Lord has told me, which is a much healthier place to start from. Mm. Not always easy, yeah. like you said, you were in tears, mm. but. Um, it's really a good place to come from, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's weird confirmations when it's a God thing. Mm. So in Bible college, there's a lot of people that come and then realize how hard it is and they just go back home. And our principal at the time, her, her name was Katrina. She said, well, when a student comes and tells me that God's sending me back home, she always just nods her head. She's like, great. If God said it, go do it. And she's like, in the back of my mind, I know this person just misses home. They're, I'm pretty sure they didn't hear the Lord, but I'm not going to get in between them hearing God. They've got to trust that and lean on that. And so when we started, you know, seeking the Lord and um, there was confirmations outside of that, that kind of reinforced that, that really great job that I had out of nowhere started crumbling. And I was mm. like, I was supposed to make a career at this company. Mm. Well, how does this happen? Along the same times of what is God doing? Because this is not supposed to be crumbling. Yeah. And so, yeah. So that was kind of like a, the biggest confirmation for me in that time of like, yeah, we need to see Lord because something for real is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, so let's let's move from the newlywed Australia conversation. Now you're living in America. You're both. Did you start in the ministry right away as well when you got over? Just here? volunteering. I wasn't a okay. um, permanent resident yet, so oh, it took okay. six months for me to get that. So I just volunteered until. Okay. Yeah. And you pretty quickly mm-hmm. started in a, in a position at the church. Yeah, we knew that we were moving back, and I just started thinking about all my old bosses to call. And then a month or two months before we moved back, it was because we took six months after that decision on that restaurant till we moved. Okay. And so there was four months of unknown and two months before our date of moving, uh, there was a job that opened up at church and I was like, okay, I could look at that. I did God, I did tell God I could do ministry. I didn't think it'd be this soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, we'll try it. Yeah. And so now you're also, new jobs, new home, your first time living in America, right? Mm-hmm. You're back. And then there's these other things that you start to learn as a new married couple and decisions that you're making and the ways that you're living together. And Aaron and I actually pulled out a couple of things that sparked our interest that you said in the other episodes. And so you go first. Oh, okay. So, so Jeremy, one of the questions was um, looking at spiritual leadership, what areas of that leadership do you want to grow in? And you shared that you internalize your mm-hmm. spiritual walk yeah. and you, you use the statement of I've been single longer than I've been married. And so naturally I process things inside, mm-hmm. which I think every man it's natural. naturally yeah. <laughs> has conversations inside. Um, but you said, I want to share that with my wife. I want to walk with my wife, your personal spiritual life, as well as as a married couple. So can, can you expand upon that or just share, share in yeah, your be, words? Be, because that's a question that comes up a lot for us in marriage ministry is yeah. How do we walk our walk together? Mm-hmm. Or how do we feel like we're doing this thing together? Or often it's, my husband really doesn't like to talk about spiritual stuff, but I want to talk about what the Lord's doing. And, and so I, I would love to hear more from you about where you are, where you want to be, yeah. how you've started to maneuver that. What does that look like for you? Yeah, well, the reason I said I'd like to get better at that because I want to get better at that. Because <laughs> <laughs> when we first started a relationship, we were in Bible college, so we had two or three chapels every week that we were always in the same room. And then, you know, when we got married, we still had studying scripture to do. So it was like extended Bible study all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, every time we'd go to America, we would get used to the time change. And we go back to Australia, basically you're falling asleep at like 8 p.m., waking up at 4 a.m., and mm-hmm. you feel amazing because you just sleep into the new time zone. So mm-hmm. we would have four hours before college started in the mornings for us. So we'd go nice. to the gym for an hour go to a coffee shop, have our quiet time for an hour, get ready for an hour, and then we would just make our way to college. That sounds amazing. It was really, (laughs) really great. It was so great. And then obviously, you know, late church events, you're like, I can't fall asleep now. (laughs) I can't wake up now. And so it was kind of really, really full on with our spiritual walks being so closely entwined because it was Bible college. And then moving back and having different schedules and I don't know, just kind of just faded a little bit. And then... Well, we both work at church, so ministry's kind of the job. So when we get home, let's talk about life and not the job. Yeah. So that was kind of different from when you're in Bible college, you're living and breathing, and it's not your job. You go and do your jobs, and then you go to Bible college. Yeah. So that kind of shift for us in ministry, which we're definitely the small population of married couples that are in ministry together, it does make it kind of hard because... I don't know. It's just one of those things. Yeah. It's, not, it's not work. It's your life, so it should be easier to talk about it, so... I would like to be, you know, at a place where we have one or two times a week, both of us together. But kids always usually 
kind of you are at a challenging yeah, uh, stage you know, with yeah kid wise y'all are at a yeah challenging age like you said where schedules are shifting here and there and nap times get cut short and yeah. interruptions they don't know like we can tell our kids this is mommy and daddy time we'll see you in 30 minutes and yeah you can't do that with a two-year-old and a six-month-old yes. so yeah. <laughs> it yes. is tricky yeah I, so you'd like to have time to share is that kind of what you were getting at yeah, like share a couple times just, a week yeah Pray together more would be great, but then you get into the life habits, and I'm a night owl, and she's, uh, you know, she loves the bed. Yeah. And so when she wants to go to sleep, I'm still wide awake, and so I've got to detune a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so my first instinct should be close my eyes and pray, Um, but I'm usually like, all right, well, I'll listen to music or podcast or watch a show, and I'll hold your hand because we're close, but I probably should, you know, not do that every night and pray some of those nights. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I actually remember hearing from your mom once that when one of you is a night owl and one is not, that you still go to bed together yeah. and then the night owl can get back up and stay up and finish whatever they want to do, movie or DIY or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've always remembered that because Aaron and I are also opposite. opposite on that. Yeah, I'm not good at that, but I remember your mom saying it. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing about marriage is that you've got to be intentional to find what works for you. Yeah. Because people are so different. Yeah. True. And so anybody that listens to a marriage podcast, don't start comparing yourself. No. Because just the odds of the two people lining up, like the woman who's talking is just like the woman that's listening. Yeah. And she talks about her husband. That's the same of her husband. Like that rarely never happens. Right. You know? mm-hmm. So I think anything like that, you know, you've got to find what works for you. So you have to yeah. be intentional. Tara, what were you going to say in response that's not to say that Jeremy doesn't come and share with me spiritual things mm-hmm. or I think what he's speaking to and I think what a lot of women feel as the wife is that whenever they do, how excited, at least I'm speaking for myself here, how excited we get. Like, oh yes, I love when he comes to share with me what the Lord's doing or whether he gathers our family to do a quiet time. or So I think as the wife, you just you wish that would happen more often. Whereas I think a lot of the time the guy enjoys their their alone time and yeah. that. So it's like working together on, um, I love what Chelsea Reedler shared in the spiritual leadership podcast about how she had all these expectations of her husband, Mark, about him to do quiet times every day and all this stuff. And so it's definitely a compromise and letting go of expectations as well, but also still challenging each other to more. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that he's open to be challenged as well, to be like, I love that he can have his quiet time, but also let's, Let's make sure that we're growing together. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I one thing that um, I've learned in our ripe old age of long <laughs> marriage is that you have to be okay with seasons too. Yeah. Yeah. When we started our family, I had these beautiful dreams of all the traditions we were going to start and mm. the way we would start things well and you know continue them forever. And the reality is, different seasons bring different strengths and different struggles you know and so uh it's good too to be flexible and Mm. that there will be times when you share your spiritual walk and it looks different than it will four years from now but that Mm. doesn't mean one's better or worse yeah but as long as we're aware and striving and you know striving to do better and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. i think that's key yeah because it will look different at different times for sure yeah i think what tara said is very true the key is for what maybe i interpreted but the key is for even if you aren't in the same room growing together, that both people are still growing and moving forward. I can easily see that in my wife's life. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, I don't feel as much of a burden because she does. She takes her walk so seriously with the Lord. I'm like, great, she's still moving forward. And I can often think, 
well, I don't want to get in the way. <laughs> She's got it. Yeah. But I, I, I see her still moving forward in her faith and her spiritual maturity, even just owning this whole mom thing. I don't see as much of a burden on me to step in and help her move because she's already moving. But mm-hmm. it's not, it's not. I have to push you forward. Or you need to pull me forward. It's like we get the joy of just going forward. Yes. So. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. definitely that joy in watching one another walk yeah. as well, and just mm-hmm. being a, a part of it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so then I remember Tara, you mentioning in the other episode. Uh, talking about the shift for you in being a strong woman who doesn't need a man to take care of her Mm -hmm. and Mm. how there was a shift, (laughs) especially from a Southern gentleman Mm. of even (laughs) opening your car door, right? And I I just loved hearing you talk about that. And so if you guys want to share some of that for a minute, because, and I said on that episode, I totally can Mm. relate and... Like, just, Candy, shut up a little more often and let him lead and let him, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, so speak to that a little bit. And, Jeremy, you can chime in as, as you see fit. the mute button on Jeremy <laughs> for a little bit. He's biting his tongue yeah. over here. I'll just be the southern gentleman sitting here <laughs> at the table. I would say still definitely a work in progress. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just because I guess uh, my number one, uh, I guess, spiritual strength I would say would be leadership so I just generally want to jump in and think oh this makes natural sense to me and this is kind of what I feel like the Lord's told us to do and so I could easily just jump in and run and um, I've had to learn that that's not always my place to do I'm meant to come alongside but also it was just something that I feel like was ingrained in me growing up because like we talked about Australian women are so independent like don't get in my way. And we talked about Jeremy getting my door for me. And I thought, what's this guy doing? I can get my own door. Um, and I remember, <laughs> so I had a, I was Australian, so I had a, a car and Jeremy was stu- studying in Australia. So he didn't um, have a vehicle. So I would drive him around. I had a bicycle that I made at a non-for-profit bicycle parts swap. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I didn't even think much of that. Um, but even just little tensions that we had early on. About... Oh man, when you picked me up for date nights, it was demoralizing. <laughs> it was so, hop in. I'm like, okay, I'll be there. <laughs> so and it didn't even up. cross didn't your even mind. Didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. Like I didn't even think twice about that. So just little things like that that we worked through and still work through along the way even I'm thinking about the other night I naturally want to jump into I guess systems and organization even when it comes to spiritual things like hey we need to do this the other night Jeremy's like totally chilling out on the couch and watching some movie or something on his phone and I was feeling a spiritual moment come on and I was like (laughs) 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 right in the middle of him watching these videos I said hey babe can we pray <laughs> I was like, right now? <laughs> and I laughed because I did find it funny. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, why not? And he's like, ah, uh, well, I'm watching a movie. <laughs> and you came over and said something. I was like, oh, that's a bit random. Can we pray about it? <laughs> and sometimes I do things like that just for the fun. Uh-huh. But also, I think it's deep down of like, I'm trying to bring more spiritual things out of him. Um, but I think it's also me trying to take the lead still sometimes where I'm like that's not my job let it go so still a work in progress for sure but I think championing him whenever I see him do something like recently especially because for those who are listening Jeremy leads worship oftentimes on the weekend and whenever I see him do that or whether I see him lead in a different capacity whenever I champion that and just 
I feel like he especially recently has had just a new anointing on his worship leading and um, I feel like a lot of that has come from his quiet time. So things like that, when I champion that side of him and I see it come out, mm-hmm. I get so excited and I just think about why was I trying to get in the way? Yeah. So whenever I don't tell myself, don't get in the way, just pray and champion when he's doing something good and then watching the Lord work in him, I think is such a rewarding thing. So yeah, but not perfect for sure. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I need to work on trying to stop studying Hebrew. You know, I love reading <laughs> Hebrew together and Aramaic. Whatever. So, but really, both of you guys can speak to this because there are two strong women sitting here at the table. How how can wives who are gifted leaders or strong women or bullheaded, for that matter, mm. how can we do better? What are some What are some real things that you wish we would do or that we have done in the past that you're like, you could do that more? Oh, that's a loaded question. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, first thing I did was print off the whole chapter of Proverbs 31. 31. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put yeah. that wallpaper on her. <laughs> yeah. Wall. That's a good question. I, I know you asked specifically what can the wife do, but before they're, um, in order for, it, it's a partnership. Yeah. So yeah. The, the man... The man has to man up spiritually. The man has to submit to the Lord. He's yeah. got to figure that out first. Um, and if, if, the, if the husband's not there um, in his walk, then, then the wife has to pray mm. and, and take that before the Lord and the Lord will break the man or he'll, he'll intervene with the man greater than the, the Lord's voice and Lord's pressure is greater than any nagging wife. Although right. it does say the corner was the corner of a house is yeah. more peaceful than a nagging, nagging wife. wife. Mm. Um, but um, so depend upon where the husband is in his spiritual walk yeah. um, is, is very important. But if, if he is, if he is, you know, communing with the Lord, um, has that relationship, it's space. And we've talked about this before. Okay. It, it is space. It's, it's, um, I would, I guess it's denying your flesh <laughs> to step in and lead, but it's really allowing that space. And I sense that, I mean, just speaking personally, I, I sense that space. I'm not in a nagging way, but like, oh, there's room to lead. That's that's my opportunity to step up. And if I don't step up, I can't complain because mm-hmm. I chose not to step up and, and man up and take that up, take that on as a responsibility. So I don't know. Space is is, is the one word that I, I would say, Jeremy. What are you? Yeah, space and like, I guess my first thought would have gone to like communication. So if there is a difference in personalities or spiritual strength or whatever, the best thing you do is talk about it. I mean, for best things, pray. Second best thing you do is talk <laughs> mm-hmm. about it. And I think through communication, you can really get a lot of that out. It's like, hey, if it's coming off as nagging, it's because these are my desires. Where are you at on this? Or, hey, what do you think? What would you mm-hmm. like to do? Mm-hmm. For instance, if someone comes to me and says, hey, I've scheduled you in. I've scheduled your quiet time or something. We're like, you don't schedule my quiet time. You know, Ntar's <laughs> never done that. But something right, like right. that, it can feel like you're throwing these boxes on me and I don't fit. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not. You're trying to fit a square peg in a yeah. round hole, right? So I think the first thing you can do is communicate and talk it out. Because a lot of that communication with marriage, communication with anybody between humans is so key. Mm -hmm. So I think talking about all that stuff has made the most difference. And then you're really just championing it. It's mm-hmm. so much easier. I don't. I think. I don't think I've heard a testimony of a nagging wife nag her husband into success. Yeah. It's always like I blew wind in his sails. You know. Even, you know, there's a family member that Tara has where the wife is a very devout Christian, but the husband's not. Mm-hmm. But she's never 
hated him or I mean she's bored six of his kids and raised her family you know and it's, it's not a perfect family like no family's perfect but she's never been cruel or mean you're yeah. as a christians i mean right. as anybody you're meant to show god's love yeah. mm-hmm. and if you love your husband you're going to love him through his shortcomings and your husband's going to love your wife through their shortcomings and that's where enough grace covers between everything yeah mm-hmm. i i'll second what jeremy said and it when when we do lead or when we do step up or tara you shared you know when you see jeremy lead and worship and whatnot and that just you know it warms your heart and you tell him about it that is that that is that's a huge positive reinforcement you mm-hmm. you tell me wow babe i love the way you loved me that way mm-hmm. or i love the way you took charge of that situation or i loved how you let me mm-hmm. handle that you I mean, remodeling the kitchen, we shared that earlier in podcasting. You know, that's, I I was leading that, but no, I wasn't leading that. That I was like, hey, you got it. I trust you. You know the budget. You have the vision. Uh-huh. Um, I, I submit that to you. That's your project. And that was, you were like, oh, thank you for honoring me. Thank you for trusting me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not going to run away with the budget. You know, right. I'm responsible. And that showed so, trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just communicating that. that yeah. That was a positive reinforcement into the, yeah. into the leadership. I think through all of that, as the wife, I'm reminded to champion them is Mm -hmm. huge. When we see good, when we feel loved, when when we feel like we're a team, say it out loud Mm -hmm. and speak that to each other, especially, but also honor them in public, Mm -hmm. you know, in groups and speaking life. And then also that it's way more rewarding to step back and watch the Lord work in their lives mm. uh, and us just to pray than for us to be nagging and pushing and pulling yeah. it to happen. It's right. way more rewarding. Even though in the moment we might be biting our tongue and clenching our fists, that in the long run right. the payoff is so much greater. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. yeah, two things I wrote down in thinking about having a strong world wife and how to kind of spiritually lead that. I would highly encourage every couple, especially families, to have a Sabbath, if at all possible, mm-hmm. a day of rest. And on those days of rest, that's when we have our family quiet time, which for us with two little girls under three years old means reading a children's Bible <laughs> and uh, teaching them how to pray, which which Ray can close her eyes and pray to the Lord. And she might not fully understand that, but she knows what she's saying. And yeah. I, still, I still believe there's power in that. Absolutely. But having a time where you let the world go away, let the world go away, and you have a time of rest together is so essential. And it's great for you physically, but it's amazing for you spiritually. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you, if you can't have off day, at least one or half a day, really prioritize that and do something spiritual on that day, which we do. And that's the easiest day that we've started recently. And that was through conversation. Hey, do we have a Sabbath? Or are we always busy? And she suggested, hey, what if we had our family you know, devotional time on the day? I was like, that'd be great. After breakfast, I've had coffee. I'm not tired. I've, I've got espresso in me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm ready to do that then. And the reason that happens, the second point is delegation. And I feel like a good leader can have strong people underneath them and a spiritual, to me, a spiritual head of the house doesn't have to make all the decisions and do all right. this stuff. A good leader can delegate things to people who still be the leader. Because it's yeah. their strengths and, yeah, I mean, any yeah. good business has that, right? Exactly. So if you're, if you're a strong-willed husband with a strong-willed wife, use that strong will for good. Don't try to squash it because God's given, you know, both of y'all the will that God's given you. So for me, I can, I don't have to make all the decisions. I can listen to my wife and us come to that decision together. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think I said that the way that I wanted to go, but yeah. yeah. Oh, that's very good. Okay. Is there anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Um, I would say have fun. 
I love having fun. I love laughing. So if you don't have fun, I'm sorry. Try to have fun. <laughs> um, just like you should date your mate, you should prioritize spending money on things that revive you. So like doing vacation, a lot of Americans don't use their full two weeks vacation, which is crazy, crazy. to me. Yes. I don't understand that at all, but that's, it's like 50 something percent, almost 60. Don't take their for two weeks. So if you're not resting with your spouse and unplugging, just all around, that's just not a good recipe. So I would invest and put money away towards things that are going to revive you. And mm-hmm. it's not money like, oh, I could invest this money or I could have bought this car. It's like, no, spend $2,000, go down to Mexico for a week. You're going to come back more in love and more rested and life's going to be better. Yeah. Or go travel, go see the world, get outside of your lens, yeah. see other people. There's so much to life. We just get boxed in. And people yeah. that never leave the state of Texas, I love you, get out of Texas and <laughs> right. try to get out of America. There's so much life to live. Yeah. So I would, I would say one, but I'd go back to communication. It is so key. Mm-hmm. And guys are notorious for um, not communicating and that's kind of judgmental, but it's also judgmental that women don't communicate or over-communicate and tie too much emotion to it. You can work through all of that if you're talking. If you're mm-hmm. not talking, you're not going to get there. So communication's super, super key, I think, for everyone. Yeah, I would just add on to the date your mate. Just doing simple things. Like I think about recently being coffee lovers, like occasionally Jeremy will leave for work sometimes when I'm at home with the girls. He'll pick me up a coffee, drop it back off that morning. Or him and Ray went did the grocery shopping for me a couple of weeks ago and brought me home some flowers when they got home. Just like little things like that. Yeah. Like right now we're doing 31 ways to encourage each other or something. It's a little devotional together. Oh, wow. Um, so just little things that it's not major. It doesn't take up a lot of time. Yeah. But just to keep the spark alive and mm-hmm. um, have fun scheduling date nights and... Fun's a big thing for us. We're constantly laughing. Even that thing about, let's pray together. Like I intentionally did it at that moment because I thought it would be funny. (laughs) And he did laugh. But just things like that where it's like, just keep it lighthearted and fun, but keep dating each other. Don't be too serious. Yeah. And I would, you know, do what you love. There's a lot of couples that just, you know, sludge through the day and they get home and they're just exhausted and they'll just eat and go to sleep Mm -hmm. you do nothing on the weekends because you're so tired like you've got to prioritize what revives you yeah and find that zeal that zest that you found in your spouse and like if you never dress up and go out make a priority to dress up and go out like look really nice for each other one night Mm -hmm. and go to a nice restaurant you know yeah a hundred bucks for a nice meal is so worth it if it brings a little bit of spark back to your relationship it's it's an investment so I would say go do that. I know a lot of people with young kids, they never leave the house. I'm like, you're, that's great, but you've got to bring back some yes. excitement and just go do grown-up time. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Mm. I totally agree. All right, you guys are a joy. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. We need to do another date night sometime soon, yes. couples together. Ooh. And um, we wish you an incredibly blessed continued marriage. Thank you very much. And lots much. of babies. Do you want lots more babies? Uh, we're praying on it. We didn't cover that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you all soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to leave a review and share it with a friend to be part of Strengthening Marriages. Until next time, be sure you're loving on relationships.